Hey, 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 what is going on, everybody? It is May 10th, and gosh darn it, you guys, I smoked yesterday, I snuck a quick one in. This kid said, be busy, stay busy, stay busy, so I come home, and I'm jonesing, right? I'm like, man, mm, 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 nice little transition off a heavy smoked weekend, you know, this, just a little hip probably helped me ease me into the rest of the week. But no, instead I open up my bills, pay my bills. They had just come in the mail that day. Then I bit into my little mouth guard putty that I have to send off, and then they're going to send me back a really nice mouth guard. So I did that. Uh, I picked up a little bit, and we're about to go visit my sister and her new baby, and I uh, have a couple burgers together, and we're ready to walk out the door, and my wife goes, oh, I think I need to go upstairs to the bathroom for a second. And boom, all of a sudden now I got three minutes to myself. And right there in that three minutes, my shoes are on my feet. My sunglasses are in my hand. What do I do? I sneak in the back room and take a little poke. Man, it got me just like that. And uh, you know what? I wasn't too pleased about it. That was not a very enjoyable high. I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you've had some really shitty highs like that. Um, But I do feel more at peace uh, in life in general. And that could be because of the meditating, right? So... Uh, meditated an hour on Thursday, struck out on Friday, slept in, sicker than a dog. Saturday got an hour in, Sunday got an hour in, Monday got an hour in, today I got an hour in. Uh, so that could be just accumulation now from what I started on April 17th, that sense of peace or direction, um, satisfaction, I guess you might call it. But I also wonder too, yesterday, my meditation was kind of weak, man, because I was so tired. I was like asleep, you know, I had to keep like putting my head down on the floor and then I picked myself back up so I didn't fall right off my stool because I was falling asleep right there. So it could be a combination of things, but for sure, the biggest factor is me being a big fucking pothead. So, <laughs> um, and you know what? I also, I need a routine when I come home. I used to come home and I would immediately get into my training. And I did step up, you guys. I, I little self pat on the back here. Listen, I did some advocating for myself. I've been going and working out with my assistant principal because he's a big boy, and uh, I've been training him, showing him the ropes. And shoot, we got on like seven weeks in a row. And when I started, I had not been doing the one hour of meditation early in the mornings, or the two hours, I guess. My, was I was so gung ho when I first started, I was doing two hours. And now that I am, it's just so difficult to fit everything in the morning that needs to happen. I, I can't put stuff off till the afternoon. I can't put off, put off my back PT till the afternoon because all day I'm on my feet, bending, moving, you know, crouching, sitting, standing with these little kids. I'm a, for those of you who don't know, I teach kindergarten right now. I'm an elementary school teacher. And, uh, you know, those kids are a riot, but man, you know, you, I'm burning calories left and right. And so I got to do that. I got to train my feet again because I'm on my feet all day. Uh, I got to do my yoga because in the mornings, you know, that's when you're stiff. So I had been doing yoga at the gym and then getting into the lifting. But then when do you have time for the back PT? Because by the time the lift is done, you got to go shower, get to school. And I got to have enough time to do my prep because you can't prep for stuff at home. Not for kindergartners, at least. Very little that you can do. It's all hands-on. You know, the kids, you have to do so much for them. It's not like prepping for a high school class where you just type some stuff in and print it out. Uh, Not like that at all. So I finally just, it was hard. I, I, I... I just, he, he came, I asked him over to the house, you know, we had breakfast together, you know, broke some bread, so to speak, and uh, did a little SMR, uh, nothing kinky, you guys, whoa, <laughs> self-myofacial release, okay, taught him how to use the lacrosse ball and my hypervolt, um, which is a little hand therapy gun, and so we were just doing that, and then finally I said, hey man, listen, I, I can't keep going to the gym, uh, I there's just certain things that have to happen in my mornings 
that aren't able to happen right now. And, you know, he was a little put out about it, but he accepted it, which was cool. Uh, we had a great another hour or so, and then we parted ways. And it was just such a load, such a load off of me, you guys. Like, I don't know about you, but I am the king of overcommitment. Like, if I can take one more thing on my plate, I'm going to do it. You know, I I didn't go to the board meeting yesterday. I thought it was on Tuesday for some reason. I thought they had moved it. But that was fine because when I came home, you know, we spent time with my family. And now that leaves me free. You know, I had planned a night this week to be at a meeting. I anticipated it mentally. So now tomorrow night, I'm going to go to the PTO meeting. I've never been to a parent-teacher organization meeting. I'm a teacher. I should probably go. Parents have no idea what's happening. Maybe they'll ask me some questions. If I go there and stump for myself, you know, it could come back and bite me in the ass. But, hey, if they ask, I got to tell them, right? So, hey, what would you do or what would you change? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Today, you should have seen the kids. We're outside kicking the balls around. I didn't have enough, quite enough time to get on the nature trail. And they had cut the grass after it was super long, so it's like a hay field out there. The kids are all stacking up this this cut hay. They got it all the way up to their waist, you know, and piled it up. And uh, I'm just running around kicking balls with a f- couple of the other kids. But it's just so funny, just so cool to watch them be kids. And my throat, I don't normally sound like this if this is your first time tuning in. I sound way better than I did last week. Um, I'm going to try not to project too much in this. i got to calm down a little bit. Because uh, I had no voice. I had no voice, and it's finally coming back. So praise the Lord. And what we have planned is to go out and pull some of this invasive garlic mustard. I don't know where you live. I mean, we got listeners in New Zealand. Uh, let me pull the stats up here, man. I mean, it's crazy. We've got people all over the world listening to this show, uh, which just goes to show you that you are not alone. Like, it's not just you. Yeah, we got people in New Zealand, Baltimore, Maryland, Oklahoma City, Denver, Birmingham, London, Ontario, Toronto, Ontario. Don't even know where this is. Huddersfield, Kirklees? I have no idea, but Vancouver, British Columbia, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Orlando, Dandridge, Tennessee, Texarkana, Arkansas. Man, I've been watching you for a while. Thanks, man. Shalott, North Carolina, um, all over the stinking place. So, listen, there's an invasive plant called garlic mustard. When it's young, you can actually use the leaves, put them in a little salad. Mmm, tasty. But it's not supposed to be there. It accumulates cyanide as it matures, and plant and animals don't eat it. And it takes over the understory of a forest. I have a undergraduate degree in environmental biology, and that's bad news bears, man. It, it crowds out the native species. And this thing reproduces like mad. I mean, I'm talking a, a seed bank like you wouldn't believe. And so as we're walking along the nature trail, boom, there's a clump, there's a clump, there's a clump, there's a whole thing. And the kids are all juiced up. They're like, yeah, we got to pick this, we got to pick this. I said, whoa, 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 let's get some gloves. Um, because I wasn't sure. You know, I, you always got to kind of be a little cautious with five-year-olds. And, and as a teacher, too, like, you know, I'm always thinking, what's the worst-case scenario? What's the worst-case scenario? And so I held off, but then I talked to another parent who uh, is also a science teacher. And he's like, no, 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 we pick that stuff all the time. Uh, totally barehanded, you're good to go. And I looked it up. It's not toxic, um, at least when it's young. And so, yeah, man, I'm hoping tomorrow to get out there and do that. One of the things I'm jazzed up about, so I did my black history lessons all week last week, and now I'm jazzed up. I had that kid come down. I had the second grader come down, go with my class outside, act kind of as a mentor. And uh, he was tuckered out, man. I think I think my class is in way better shape than the rest of our building because I'm outside minimum 30 minutes, uh, minimum three days a week, you know. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But I'm going to have him come down tomorrow. We're going to go back out there, pick that invasive mustard, pick a patch at least, and then come back into school. And then I'm also having another second grader come down uh, who I taught in the past. And he's going to work on letters and sounds with some of my lower kids. I'm stoked, man. I feel like 
if I'm doing it and the kids aren't picking it up and the reading teacher's doing it and the kids aren't picking it up, let's try something different. And the way these kindergartners look at a second grade student, I mean, it's like they got stars in their eyes, you know, like this kid's a celebrity to them. They're like, whoa, it's like God, you know, like, whoa, hey, look at this, look at this. And it's so funny because they're, they're picking up bark, right? And they're showing it to the first kid. Hey, look at this, look at this bark. And he's like, eh, yeah. And so I have to call him over. I'm like, dude, you need to act like this is the most amazing thing you've ever seen. <laughs> when you were in kindergarten, you did the exact same thing. You got to go, oh, wow, cool. And so the next time a girl, she's like, hey, uh, look at this piece of bark. He goes, oh, wow, cool. <laughs> it, was so, it was so neat, man. It was so neat. And I forgot that there was, there was that teachable piece. I got to teach these kids how to teach kids. Um, you, you can't neglect that. I did that when I was in sixth grade. I, I took the top of the class. And I taught them how to be teachers. How did I do that? Well, I brought the band teacher up there. And I said, dude, you need to design a lesson on something that I have a little bit of experience with, but not enough to understand it and or not enough to uh, to be able to do the assessment without you teaching me first. And then you're, I'm going to have you teach me right in front of them. They're going to take notes. We're going to stop and talk about it as we go. And I had a little bit of music theory. So we talked about scales. And uh, I, don't, I don't even remember. But it was some, you know, scales and and. and and uh, the right key, you know, the key of D, this and that. And so, you know, the positive, re- you know, how do you positively reinforce somebody when they make a mistake? Like, how do you, how do you sandwich a criticism? Um, how do you, how do you let them struggle versus when is it time to reach in and lend a hand? It was amazing, man. I had all these, all these top students watching us, you know, and I had a clock on like every, every however long, you know, 30 seconds or something, we'd stop, we'd write something down, trying to hold them accountable so they didn't just watch it as a show, you know, they had to actually take notes and try to benefit from it. But it, it paid off in spades, man. It was overwhelmingly valuable because then when I brought the bottom kids in, and this was called RTI period, response to intervention. And so I'd bring these lower kids in to practice a skill, the very first thing I'd do is I'd show them this. I'd be like, okay, here's a math problem. It's on the board. Go. And so these kids who really couldn't do the math problem would, would take a stab at it. And I would have those top kids standing right next to them. I'd partner everybody up. So top kid would watch it and get to see how the kid went about doing it. And then I said, okay, time. Here's three more problems. Go. And this time that with the three problems, the top kid is teaching the student how to do it. Like, okay, no, 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 no. You got to do it this way. Hey, well, let me show you this. Let me try this. Oh, wow, that's really good. But maybe you could think about, and so they would do that. And then finally, at the end of the period, I'd go, all right, step back. And so the, you know, the, the academic coaches would step back and I'd say, here's the last problem. Go. And bam, the lower kids would get it. It was unbelievable. I thought I was really, really happy with that. It taught me a lot. Um, and it gave me a lot of inspiration in the sense that, Man, this world is not dead. You know, people are, are negative. People are self-centered. People have no attention span. But I b- do believe that deep, deep down, people are good. I really believe that. And where you get to see it the most is with the kids. And so I'm stoked to have the second grader come in and hopefully tear it up. I'm going to give him a little station. I'm going to give him some flashcards. I'm going to teach him how to use the flashcards. And then, bam, release them. Send those lower kids who don't know all their letters. Send them over to him. Don't know their sounds. And he's going to drill them. I'll drill the top kids. And uh, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. You never know. I mean, it could create lasting change. Like, this could become, uh, I could set a precedent. This could, this could continue forever. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm just, it's pretty cool, man. It's, it's pretty stinking cool. Uh, enough of me, though. Enough of me. I'm kind of getting into the weeds here. Let's go ahead and turn to the uh, Book of Wisdom that we have. Book of Wisdom, Proverbs chapter 8. Uh, it's titled, Wisdom and Folly Contrasted. The Qualities of Wisdom. So, here we go. Does not wisdom call, and understanding lift up her voice? On top of the heights beside the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. 
beside the gates, at the opening to the city, at the entrance of the doors, she cries out, To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O naive ones, understand prudence, and, O fools, understand wisdom. Listen, for I shall speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will reveal right things. For my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the utterances of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverted in them. They are all straightforward to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than the choicest gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all desirable things cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. Power is mine. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, all who judge rightly. I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield better than choicest silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of justice, to endow those who love me with wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. Now this moves into the origin of wisdom. Uh, verse 22, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. From everlasting I was established, from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, where there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I brought forth. While he had not yet made the earth and the fields, nor the first dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he inscribed a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the springs of the deep became fixed, when he set for the sea its boundary so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master workman, and I was daily his delight. Rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. Now, therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they who keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting for my doorposts. For he who finds me finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me injures himself. And those who hate me love death. Yeah, baby. And and this is the piece of my, my routine when I come home uh, that I need to adopt. You know, I need to be like, all right, you know what? I'm home. I'm going up and podcasting. And I'm reading. And this morning, I got kind of off to a sour note because I meditated. It was a struggle because I was so sleepy. But I was so tired. I came I was like, man, I'm having a tough time getting up for this yoga. So I sat on the couch, just tried to wake up a little bit, had a little bit of tea, and I got on Twitter, man. It's like, it's been so interesting with Elon Musk taking over, and I am one of those people who, you know, I mean, I, I shouldn't say one of those people, like, we all have to acknowledge that Twitter was censoring opinions, you know, whether you supported those opinions or not, there was active censoring going on for years, um, and so it's just interesting now watching the floodgates open up. And so I was on Twitter, and I, like, like I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, hmm, what should I do? And I pull out my phone. At least I didn't look at porn, right? But I just need to bring the Bible down. I just need to leave that right by the, uh, 
right by the couch because that word, the word of God, it says, I believe it says like your daily bread, right? Like this is the first thing. This is the first consumption that your spirit should have, that your body should have. So let's say I meditate, get myself, you know, keep myself in that calm, tranquil place, even maybe go a little deeper, uh, you know, working on these, uh, what do they call them? Sankaras, right? You know, slowly peeling back the layers of that onion. And then from there, boom, go to the word. And then from the word to my exercise, and then from my exercise to my bow, and then from my bow to school. And like, talk about a peaceful, very successful morning. I don't know what your routines are. I hope they're great. Um, nobody has sent me a routine that they have, have, has helped them be successful. But there is a guy who wants to come on the show as an interview. Uh, I guess he's got another podcast. And so I don't know anything about him, but I'm down to talk to anybody who has actually quit weed because, as you well know, uh, we're on episode whatever this is, 43, and I still haven't done it yet. Um, got a lot more sober days behind me since I started this, which is cool, uh, but definitely not 100% clean. And so I feel good about tonight. Anytime I do this, I feel great. Anytime I do one of these shows, I'm like, or actually anytime I read the Bible, I guess. Anytime I read the Bible, I feel pretty good. Um, it's just kind of interesting how it works out like that, but, uh, I do want to, so yeah, this guy, you know, he wants to do an interview and kind of talk shop about it. And that sounds pretty cool. Um, but we got an email in from Paul and I just shout out to this guy. Uh, Paul's not his name, right? Like his, I'm actually a little tough to pronounce his name, but like, Hey man, I think your podcast quitting marijuana is cool as shit. Today's my first day and I stumbled upon your podcast. It's really helpful. I appreciate you making them. It keeps me motivated. Always great to hear. What someone else is going through, plus your old stories are funny. Thank ya. Well, thank you, buddy. It's always good to hear from somebody. And uh, I know some of you have emailed me in the past, and I was a fucking dickhead. And I never got back to you because I was overwhelmed, and I was so ashamed. And uh, I, I swear, I swear on all that is holy, I am going to reply to those. These are these are kind of old emails now, a couple months months ago. Um, I did share their stories for those of you who are just tuning in, and this is the first episode you've ever listened to. I did share those stories, but man, I never replied because I just... Sometimes I feel like a real deadbeat for, you know, talking to you guys about this stuff, but not actually living it. And so I, I am thinking about branching out and starting another podcast. And uh, but I want—I mean, it's not that I want to drop this one. I want to be able to talk about other stuff besides just quitting weed all the time. That's all. Um, but I haven't told any old stories about me smoking in a long time because I didn't want to—I wouldn't want to feed your beast, you know. I, I, I wouldn't want to do that. But. Yeah, <laughs> And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I want to, um, again, I guess you just, this guy thinks they're cool, right? So, uh, I guess I could tell you this one story. I was in, uh, I was in Vermont working and I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to score some bud and man, I hope I didn't tell the story already, but I'm just kind of walking around and I see this homeless girl I'm like, Hey, you know where I could get any weed? She's like, Oh yeah, Definitely. So she brings me to this apartment complex. She's like, I'll go inside. He doesn't trust anybody. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So she goes in and comes out. I'm like, oh, thanks. She's like, yeah, I live I live a couple floors up. And I'm like, oop. In my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I had this girl pegged as being, like, totally homeless. And she actually has an apartment in this building. Um, and I, I smoked her up, of course, because that was a nice thing to do. And anyway, so that's my that's my weed story. But the point is, like, how many hours? I think about that story, and I laugh a little bit. Um, not just because I was such an asshole that I thought this, like, very scruffy, like, girl who was just sitting on the sidewalk, you know, was homeless, but because it, it reminds me of all the time I have spent trying to score some bud. So much time driving around, calling people, wondering who to ask, shifting back and forth from foot to foot. And now, of course, that is legal 
now I'm trying to quit. So it's like, fuck, fuck me. But anyway, that's how it goes. And I uh, appreciate you guys bearing with me. And uh, in terms of health tip, health tip for the week, uh, there's there's so many. And the problem is I don't know what you guys are training for, right? Like, are you swimmers? Are you bikers? Are you just training for life? Um, so I will say this. Anything you do that's core-related, you should add some instability. Now, we're going to preface that with the instability, you touching the instable thing. Um, nah, that's not a good way of putting it. Let me put it this way. If you're bringing out the ball, great. As long as your arms are on it or your sides are on it or you're gripping it between your feet, unless you're doing a side plank, that's a killer one, man. Do a side plank, but have your ball, your your feet straddling a Swiss ball, one on top, one on bottom. So you got this nice wide um, V in your lower half, and then you're doing the side plank, and just hold it. Like, that is killer, man. That takes side planks to a whole new freaking level. But if you're trying to do your core and stability from a feet perspective, do not stand on that mushy crap. Like, don't do it. That mushy stuff is not how your body works. Your feet are full of nerves. My feet are ridiculous. They're like little hands now, you guys. I've been working on them for so long. I can feel everything underneath them. I have such dexterity. And that's how your body reacts. What I notice is that now that my nerves are turned on in my feet, I can react quicker. So like when I go to turn or something and I go to catch myself, like I'm not off balance anymore because I'm getting the message sooner that my center of gravity has shifted. Um, but if all you're doing is training training the transverse abdominus or the multifitty, don't just do the planks. Don't just do the crunches or the scissors. You know, get the ball out, lay on your back, put your feet on top of the ball, lift your hips off the ground. Hold that for a little while. Then try lifting while you're up in the air. Then try lifting first your right foot off the ball and then your left foot off the ball. Just slowly, not too high, maybe six inches. Put it back down and just alternate there. That is a struggle. And then another really nice one is you get in push-up position, but you put your feet on top of the ball. So you're in push-up, push-up position, but your body's way elevated because your feet are on top of that Swiss ball. And then draw your knees towards your chest and then extend your legs back behind your knees in legs back and then take it to the next level thrust your hips up into the air like downward dog okay you want to talk about transverse abdominus dang that move is a killer a killer so yeah add some instability because that nervous system needs it and your body really needs it okay isolation exercises are good i highly recommend if you're brand new to core and you don't do anything lay on your back in a sit-up position so your knees are bent feet are on the floor and just extend one leg away from you so that your heel is four inches off the floor and then bring it back, put it down, and now your next leg just slowly extends and comes back. Those are isolation moves. You should be hitting those until you build up the strength and coordination to slowly extend both feet, and then you come back. It's a progression. If anybody needs help with this kind of stuff, reach out to me. I love it. I actually have another podcast where I talk about this stuff all the time. It's been dead for a while. Um, I kind of stepped away from it um, because I'm so beat up. And it just was it, was, it was like hard for my heart, man, to talk to these like professional athletes or these competitive athletes about this stuff that like I don't get to do anymore. And in some ways, too, I, like I felt like they were, it's not their fault, but, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was getting the respect that I deserved because they didn't know me because I'm so beat up and broken, you know, and I never made it anywhere, did anything great because I always broke before I got there. It wasn't a question of drive. It wasn't a question of discipline. It wasn't a question of effort. Uh, it was a question of ego, really, because I was figuring it all out on my own. And as a result, you know, you got to hit every single 
a roadblock on your own too. And they smash you and they don't go away. This is the only body you get. So anyway, I, I kind of took a break from that. I've been doing this one. Uh, but I would love talking about it. So, hey, I'm no promises, no guarantees, okay? I'm not going to commit myself to writing you a whole workout plan. But feel free to reach out if you ever got a question. And maybe I can point you in the right direction. Uh, moving on to our quote, our quote of the day. Uh, Dust thou love life? Dust? <laughs> That's old English. Dust thou love life? Uh, then do not squander time. For that is the stuff life is made of. That was Benjamin Franklin. Hey, remember to find satisfaction in the struggle and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time. Thank you.